Hello, welcome to another episode of Habit Helps, a podcast of Creekside Community Church in San Leandro, California. Each week we are talking about how habits build you, and we are trying to help you build better habits. I'm Jeff Bruce, one of the pastors here. I am joined, as always, by my dad, John Bruce. Dad, how are you today? I'm doing fine, Jeff. Good to be here with you. Great. Well, it's good to be back with you listeners. It's been a few weeks since we last recorded, and there's a reason for that. When we began this podcast, we said that we were going to record eight episodes, and the idea was that we would want to pilot and determine whether this medium was going to be helpful to you, and so that's what we did. We did eight episodes, and then we thought, huh, we should probably ask some of you, was this helpful? And enough of you said, yes, it actually is helpful that we decided to keep going. So thank you for the three of you that gave that positive feedback. And that's all we need to keep going in this podcast. So we are going to continue our discussion of habits. And this will have application to a whole host of issues in the uh, Christian life. And today we're going to continue the discussion. And Dad, this is a topic you have wanted to run with. uh, But meditation, habits of the mind, habits of thinking, and and you want to expand on this idea of biblical meditation. We talked about it a little bit already, but you want to talk about it more. I do. uh, This is a a current issue for me. I I think one of the the things I've wondered is how do you become a doer of the Word, an implementer of the Word, rather than just a hearer? Mm -hmm. And uh, Because the Bible constantly warns us against uh, just hearing it but never acting on it. And yet what I find is, is often I realize I haven't acted on the word in a situation about an hour after I failed to act on it, that, I, um, that, that it just it doesn't come to mind. I don't recognize the temptation when it's there. Mm-hmm. It's only until later I regret that I think, oh, I should have remembered this verse, or I should have done this, or I should have done that. Um, especially I'll even have a Bible study I did somewhere written out that said, here's the way to apply it. And so I, I just wondering, I think, feel like I haven't found an application plan that is really working for me practically. I've got tons of applications that I've discovered over the years in reading the scripture, but I haven't found a practical way to implement those into my life so they become natural and, and instincting, and I don't have to uh, go back in my notes and say, well, because you can't do that in real life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so I began to think a little bit more about and, and, and reading a little bit about uh, in different books about how we learn, how we develop skills and things like that. I think the, the role of deep thinking and habits of the mind keep coming up, whether we're talking about athletics or chess or the arts or, or any number of things that people who are really successful in these things have have really developed a, a, a practice of thinking deeply on the things they're working on. And, and the more deeply they think on these things, the more connections they see, the more applications they see, the more they're able to make new combinations of things so that when they get into situations, it's like they almost automatically know, okay, here's how this applies. Here's what to do in the situation. Hmm. Um, I think maybe a good illustration of it is is if you're married, you know you often have the same arguments over and over again. Right. And 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 the reason is is because we've thought about our side so much that that as soon as we were triggered with something, we immediately fall into that 
that deep furrow in our brain, and mm-hmm. that's what we go with. And that's that can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing. But, right. but the point is, is that thoughts ultimately leads to action. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, it's only what we think through through deeply that really gets into our heart and affects our affections and gets into our behavior. And and so I, I, I've been memorizing Joshua 1. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Joshua 1, verse 7, uh, God says to, to Joshua, he says, be strong and very courageous and be careful to do all the law which I commanded my servant Moses, for then you will have success. Yeah. Well, that seems like a lot to do. And how do you? How is Joshua supposed to keep all that law? Well, he tells him in the next verse. He says, "He says this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that mm-hmm. you may be careful to do all according that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success." And this is the first time the word meditate is used in the Bible, huh. and it's in the connection with how do we actually apply the Scripture, right? And so that has got me interested in the whole field of meditation. What is meditation, and how does it help me to actually obey what the Scripture teaches? That's good. And even if that's the first time meditation is mentioned explicitly, the idea is already implicit in the Bible before that. Um, Your reference to Joshua 1 got me thinking about Deuteronomy 6, Mm -hmm. and that when God gives the law to this new generation of Israelites who are about to come into the land, it's amazing. He says, here's the foundation of the law, and then meditate on it, right? right. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. And then immediately after that, these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Right. That's the idea of meditation, is, is keeping these things in mind and then teaching them diligently to your children. And, and it's interesting because he doesn't say, have a devotional every morning with your children. After that, he says, talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise, bind them as a sign on your hand. And I think that's a metaphor. Frontlets between your eyes, doorposts of your house. Basically, in any and every situation you find yourself, it should be the natural expression of life, or of, of a life of meditation that you just talk. Yeah. You talk about how God's word um, relates in this situation. Right, right. No, that's good. I, I, uh, Marcus Aurelius said, the thoughts of a man color his soul. Mm-hmm. And it, it, what we think about the most will be what determines our behavior and our affections. Right. Um, and I think that's why James says in James 1, when he compares the doer of the word with the hearer, hearer with the word with the doer of the word in, in verses 21 through 25, he says... Uh, he says, the doer of the word deceives himself. Mm-hmm. It's like a man who looks at himself in a mirror and immediately forgets what he saw. But, but the doer of the word, the one who abides in the word, uh, it looks intently at the word, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer. And this man will be blessed in all that he does. And so it's, really it's a difference between glancing at the word and then forgetting immediately, which is like a lot of my Bible studies. I'll I'll be diligent. I'll read the Bible. But if you would ask me an hour later, what did you read today? I'd have to think about it. And the person who looks intently at the word, really thinking about it, digesting it, and things like that. So what I've realized is I cannot change unless I first change the way I think. Mm -hmm. We have to think deeply before we can act habitually. So information enters our mind, and the more my mind contemplates that information, 
the more it gets into my heart and it gets into my behavior. Right. Um, and, and that's why the, the Puritans, who were probably the pros at meditation, they, were, they really emphasized this. Certainly the most prolific in writing about it. They certainly were. They, they compared uh, meditation to digestion. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's, it's not enough just to eat. You have to digest what you eat. And they warned about spiritual bulimia, where you, mm. where you actually you eat, but you never digest it, and so it doesn't do you any, any good. So that's, that's got me thinking about the whole role of, 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 of what, I, what I feed into my mind, what I think about the most, as going to be what helps me to apply the most. Yeah, and, and the Hebrew idea of meditation is chewing. Hmm. Chewing the cud, digesting, yeah. you know, just as a cow yeah. <laughs> digests in multiple ways, right? When he's, um, it, it's that idea of, of letting something sit in you and really so that it nourishes you. Yeah. And, and I agree that, that a lot of times we, we, we settle for a fast food diet rather than really sitting in the word and digesting. Right, right. right. So there's a, 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 a kind of a, I think this is what it means to be renewed have your mind remo- renewed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul says in Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, uh, lay aside the old man, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of the seat, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man. Right. This way he says in Romans 12, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you may prove what the will of, of God is. Um, and, and so I'm thinking developing habits of application mm-hmm starts with thinking intentionally and thinking deeply on what we want to apply uh, and, and, and just thinking about, well, what does this mean and how do I fall short and what would doing it right look like? And the more deeply I think, so that when I get into the situation, I've thought about it deeply enough, it just comes almost automatic. I, I know for me, in, in the, where I've really seen my life change, it's I, I will recognize some area of my life where I know I'm not walking the way God wants me to walk. It might right. be in the area of lust, laziness, um, fear, something like that. When I've taken the time to do a lot of research in the Bible and then memorize the verses that I found and then meditate on those verses over a period of time, applying those verses has become so much more natural and almost unintentional. It just it just happens. So I'm realizing that 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 meditation really is the link. It's the bridge between information and implementation. And so I'm trying to trying to develop that as a habit right now. That's really good. It makes sense. So I guess how do you make a start at doing that? Because this is the age of information. Yeah. And I think Alan Jacobs said that the internet is the, the friend of information and the enemy of thought, mm-hmm. was the way he put it, in that you get so inundated with information, um, there's incredible breadth, but there's a lack of depth. Right, right. To, to really understand a complex issue, you have to spend a lot of time sifting through it. Yeah. And it, and it, it betrays easy answers or easy solutions. Yeah. And yet we're constantly getting inundated with new stimuli. And I think something similar can happen even with the Bible, that it becomes more information to consume. And so you get these little tidbits. But actually applying something takes a lot of work, takes a lot of um, reflection. And so how do you 
it just seems like the cards are stacked against us to develop a contemplative life, which is what you're talking about. Yeah. So how do we make a start at that? I, I think in our culture, there's, there's some practical things you can do. I think, first of all, you have to memorize the Scripture. That's a real practical, practical thing. Find Scripture that, that is life-changing for you, Scripture that you are not applying right now, things that you really need to remember, truths you need to, and start by memorizing. Yeah. And, and anybody can memorize. Anybody can. It's a discipline. Now, it might take you a week to memorize one verse. It doesn't matter. Right. It is the it is the the work that you're putting in that's really changing your life. It's really shaping your mind. It's developing those new synapses mm-hmm. and, and furrows in your brain and stuff like that. So one is memorizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and so right now I'm I'm memorizing Psalm one. I'm sorry, Psalm ninety one because it's about fear. And yeah. it's a it's a great passage about, it about is. why we shouldn't be afraid. So and I'm adding that to a whole list of things. I think I like to memorize chapters as opposed to verses because mm-hmm. I can't it's hard too hard for me to access isolated verses all over the Bible. Right. So that's one thing, memorizing. And then having a set time every day when I think about what I'm memorizing. Mm-hmm. And and just really think about it deeply and, and uh, emphasize each word or ask what does this tell me about God? What does this tell me about me? What does this tell me about society? What does this tell me uh, uh, about Jesus? Where do I fall short on this? If I, what would be situations that I might, yeah. I might? It's just, it's just thinking. It, it's kind of like what we do in soap, which I think soap. Uh, I think writing scripture, mm-hmm. writing down our thoughts about scripture, is a great form, a great practice of meditation. Because, right. because if you take the time to really write out what your thoughts are, what your questions are, and things like that, it forces you to deal with it a lot more deeply than if all you do is read. Yeah, and SOAP, just for listeners, is the Bible study method. It's an acronym for scripture, writing down a scripture that stands out to you, observation, that's the O, application is the A, and then prayer, a prayer about that thing is the P. Yeah. So I, I would say, kind of in summary, memorize, have some time every day that you think intentionally about what your, your subject. It may be when you go out for a walk. It may be uh, when you do some chore that you don't need your mind for. It should be something, like we've seen with other habits, something you do regularly that you can attach the habit of meditation to so you'll remember to meditate every day. For me, my, my time before COVID, my time for meditating was when I drove to swimming every morning. Yeah. Uh, that would be the time that I would be, I would be I'd leave the radio on the, on the in my car off because I would just start off by going through all my verses that I'm memorizing on fear and what That's can good. I do that, and then I would say read less and write more. Yeah, in other words, read smaller passages of scripture and then take the time to write about what what struck you about this. What doesn't make sense? What questions arise? What you know, just anything that grabs your attention. You'll find that as you start writing your mind goes places you never expected it to go, and the Spirit of God really works with your mind, and you yeah. begin to hear His voice, and, and, it, and it, it affects you much more, much more deeply. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a skill, it's a habit of learning how to live this kind of life, and I think you have to do it, in, you have to exercise it regularly in order to develop that skill. That's the point I wanted to emphasize, is that it's a muscle, it's a mental muscle, and the power to focus and to visualize is a muscle that, for me, is atrophied mm-hmm. 
because of, I think, digital media and the way that there are all of these alarms pulling our focus in different directions. Right. And, and so if you're used to getting this, um, I forget who, but someone calls the smartphone a, you know, a very sophisticated slot machine, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. You're used to getting a dopamine hit constantly from new information. It's, it's, it's compulsively satisfying to right. get that. It, it's really hard to develop the mental frame to sit and think about something for a long time yeah. and allow yourself to be bored, <laughs> allow yourself, your mind to wander, and, and then come back to it and come back to it and come back to it. And so I think taking baby steps is, is good as well. Yeah. A couple other thoughts that came to mind with that. And, and again, a, ba- a baby step would just be, I'm going to carve out 10 minutes to meditate on this right. a day. Right. I'm, I'm going to make that my, my discipline as part of my um, personal study. But, but a couple other things that come to mind. One is that I, I like meditating kind of situationally as well, that, mm. that I find if I think ahead for the situations I'm going to be in mm. as I'm thinking about Scripture, um, I, I find that my, I, I apply the Bible um, much more effectively. So, for instance, you know, the idea in Philippians 2, let each of you not look out for his own interests only, but also for the interests of others, you know, that is something I've thought about often in, in social situations, mm. right? That when I walk into a situation... My job as a follower of Jesus Christ is to be like Jesus and think about the interests of others. Mm-hmm. And that means, I think, when you walk into a conversation, you're always playing the host. Yeah. That you are genuinely interested in other people. And so for me, when I think about a gathering I'm going to go to and go, okay, who's going to be there? Okay, what are they like? <laughs> What are they interested in? What have our previous conversations been like? How could I go deeper in the conversation? If I just file through those things before I get in the situation, I have really fruitful conversations with yeah. people. Yeah. But if I go into that situation just thinking, oh, gosh, there's a thing, and yeah, I hope it's okay, and you know, there's this sense of dread because you know, you're going to have to talk to people, uh, I'm reserved. Yeah. yeah. And then I miss opportunities God might give me in that great, situation. Great, great point. So, so thinking through things situationally as well, yeah. I think is important. Another one you could do is just identifying the obvious problem in your life. If you know, okay, here's an issue in our marriage that's bound to come up again. And so, okay, the next time that comes up, how can I react? How can I talk about it in a way that's going to lead to um, progress right. in the conversation instead right. of hijacking it? Right. Um, right. And then what scripture am I going to need to memorize or meditate on that's going to have to guide the way I engage in this conversation? Yeah, yeah. Now, I think what you're talking about there is great illustrations of the difference between it being living a proactive life and a reactive life. Right. In a proactive life, I've thought in advance, what, what do I need to do? What mm-hmm. does God want me to do? How does God want me to think? How does God want me to act? A reactive life, I just kind of float into a situation. I'm not even there, really fully mentally, and then my flesh reacts to whatever whatever stimulus I'm getting. And normally, the flesh doesn't do a real good job. And so, it's a, <laughs> and so you really can't walk in the spirit and be a reactive person because you have to be proactive. You've got to say, here's what obedience to Christ looks like in this situation, as you uh, illustrated so well. Um, and, and so I, I like that idea of, of just having a verse in mind. When I go into a situation, what do I need to remember so I can be proactively obedient in this, this area? 
I, I think the whole idea here is, is, is that we take responsibility for our thoughts rather than letting our thoughts go willy-nilly wherever they are. And, and this is what the, the Scripture says God promises to reward. It's, uh, verses like Philippians 4.8, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever is of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Mm-hmm. In other words, I, do you want to experience God's peace? Then guard your thoughts. Think about the things God tells you to guard about. Uh, let the word of Christ w- richly dwell, I- dwell within you. Take pains with these things. Uh, be absorbed in them so your progress may be evident to all. Progress in, uh, spiritually is, is directly tied to what my mind dwells on, mm-hmm. what, I, what I'm putting into my mind, because your thoughts will become actions, your actions will become habits, your habits will become character. Yeah, yeah, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life, exactly. the issues of life. That, yeah. that what you cultivate mentally, the mindset, it will manifest in the way that you live. And, and I think that's a helpful realization. You're already good at meditating. Yeah. For a lot of people. Everybody meditates. Everybody meditates. You're already stewing on something all the time. Yeah. And so the question is, are, are you um, being proactive about what you're thinking about? Yeah. Are you thinking about your thinking? Yeah. Um, or are you just allowing your mind to go places? Yeah. Whether it's nursing resentments or um, obsessing over an anxiety, um, our minds are not neutral in right. that. Um, the, the things that pop into our minds... You know, we talk about spiritual warfare. That's why Paul focuses on the mind so much. I think that that's really the battleground yeah. where where Satan is operative is in, um, I don't know that he can read our minds, but he can certainly give suggestions. Yeah. Um, and, and he's and he's very observant yeah. of things we should think on, stew on. Yeah. And, and I find that, that that kind of thinking leads to anxiety, it leads to paralysis, it leads to resentment. It doesn't lead to making next steps in obedience in response right. to God. Right. No, that's great. Now, the battle really is in our minds, mm-hmm. and uh, we have to be proactive and take the initiative to, to discipline our minds and to, to channel them in productive as, as it, rather than unproductive. But I think you make a great point. We're all meditators. Mm-hmm. We meditate all the time. Uh, it's just what are we me- going to meditate on? It's like eating. We, all, we eat all the time, and you can eat stuff that's going to be good for you, or you can eat stuff that will be bad for you. Yeah. No, and in a future episode, it'd be, it'd be good to talk more about the things that hijack our ability to do this. Yeah, yeah. Be- because I think that there is an upper limit on how much information you can consume and build this kind of life. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and how much information you can productively process. Yeah. And if all of my information consumption just leads to a kind of paralysis about the world or problems, well, then I'm not, a, I'm not obeying Christ. I'm not taking next steps and obeying him. Yeah, yeah. I remember a story I heard years ago about... Uh, a Wycliffe Bible translator in a small tribe in South America, mm-hmm. and uh, they had translated half of the Gospel of Mark, mm-hmm. um, and that's all they had. Half the, this tribe had half the first half of the Gospel of Mark, and yet this whole tribe was totally transformed right. just by learning half of a Gospel because they took it seriously. They focused on that, and they were much further along spiritually than most Christians who have the whole Bible to read. 
So mm-hmm. it's not the amount of information you have. It's what you do with the information you have that makes the difference. And, and I think the point of that, the, the take-home for Christians as you're reading the Bible, is it's okay to take baby steps and keep meditating, keep learning. Um, unapplied knowledge is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So don't rush to deeper and deeper study if, if there are things that you've been avoiding. Yeah, yeah. Unapplied knowledge just hardens you. And, and uh, it just it makes you insensitive to, to things. So it's much better. To, all steps are baby steps. Right. There are, there are no <laughs> leaps. There, there are no <laughs> leaps, yeah. There, there's no shortcuts. And so be patient and take the baby steps you need to take, just like you would mastering any craft, mm-hmm. mastering any sport. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you cannot skip steps. Right. It, it, is the, it is the careful, diligent practice of, of anything that brings mastery. Yeah. That's good. And, and, and maybe one exercise that you listeners can do is just to, in the, you know, tomorrow, think about your thinking more. Maybe yeah. even put a reminder on your phone to say, well, what have I been stewing on this morning? What I've been, and just to really try to assess how much of my mental energy is consumed with these things. Yeah versus really reflecting on the Word of God. Yeah. And I know when I do that, I'm amazed just how much of my own mental capacity is taken up yeah. um, in, in kind of obsessive yeah. thoughts um, and anxieties. Yeah. So, um, the, the, mind, the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Yeah. The mindset on the flesh is death. Yeah. And that's, that's the, uh, the, um, what we're talking about here. Yeah. Good. Well, I think that's a good place to, to leave off unless you've got some other that's uh, all I gems got. to share with us. So <laughs> My gem bag is, is, uh, is empty. Empty <laughs> bag of gems. <laughs> you've got nothing left. Well, well, thank you listeners for, for tuning in and hope that this has been helpful to you in walking the way of Jesus. And we will see you again soon.